Welcome to Bioethics and Us, a podcast aimed at young adults and dedicated to shedding light on the most pressing modern ethical issues in medicine, healthcare, and research in biology. Hi everyone, today we're joined by Mr. Farad Urwadia and Mr. Shivam Singh bioethicists and graduates of Howard Medical School Center for Bioethics. Mr. Farad Urwadia is also a medical student at the University of British Columbia. Both of them have recently conducted a study and published a paper on the role of medical personnel in improving prisoner rights and health in India. So let's get on to the episode. Um, in today's episode, we'll be focusing on bioethics in India and the rising problems surrounding the Indian medical community. So what would you say is the importance of bioethics, especially in a developing country like India? Yeah, so what are the, what's the importance of, of bioethics in a developing country like India? So I think, you know, when, when Shivam and I were thinking of sort of what we could do, because we're both interested in bioethics and being Indian ourselves, we were trying to figure out how, what some good ways to sort of join our interests and, and passions for like trying to help out back like in home. And something that we thought was particularly interesting about bioethics in India was the fact that, you know, India has such an interesting, from a public health standpoint, such an interesting population, given the fact that the population is so big and you know relative to other countries we don't have as much access to healthcare resources so that just creates an exceptional burden on the healthcare systems and you know you have um at an individual microscopic or sort of micro level you have you know patients presenting with illnesses perhaps more severe than they would in in other countries and you might have, you know, from a medical perspective, diseases that are more progressive, more complicated. So that adds an interesting layer. And then also from a macro perspective, you have, you know, this huge population and um, you have also such a wide disparity in income and resources, which creates all these problems related to justice and yeah. um, things like that. So so it's, it's, it's really a huge spectrum of things that make India unique and developing yeah. countries in general unique to from a bioethics perspective and i think that's something that both that, that attracted us to towards work in in this sphere specifically yeah exactly i think like especially in any developing country when it comes to the progression of medicine and, and life science and all that and and policies and law i think bioethics is so important because it's like it forces you to consider so many different stakeholders and so many different aspects um, when it comes to these kind of advancements and stuff. For example, when we talk about the the prison paper that we published, it you got to look at the people, the health, the society, um, sort of all different aspects. And I think the only way to kind of come up with proper guidelines is to really consider bioethical issues, um, which is why I think it's so important for any developing country that is aiming to advance their scientific progress or, or or their medical advancements or anything like that so i think bioethics is is really the central force that that forces you to consider all these kind of elements to it and india especially is so unique you know because you know bioethics essentially is is, is based on values and you know morality and and a lot of that is subjective at least in my personal opinion and you know 
in country like india where things like religion spirituality community these things are held in so much higher regard and given so much more weight relative to countries like um you know like the ones like we we're living in right now such as canada for example you know so it's it's really interesting in the ads and it sort of changes the equation as to what's morally relevant or not and what's important because because that just there is the reality of things like religion spirituality um community values family values cultural differences it's it's so much it's it's a very different landscape in a country like india so i think those are especially important considerations as well mm-hmm. um so authority y'all what would be the biggest uh, bioethical problems that india does face right now uh, that's that's a hard question <laughs> it is tough yeah i i think i think the biggest the biggest issues sort of bioethically pressing in india are related to healthcare markets so like considering the health indicators of of india are generally very poor um when you consider stuff like the biopharmaceutical industry and physicians so when it, specifically when it comes to pharmaceuticals you're looking at like clinical trials protecting the vulnerable um people involved in clinical trials and even like the pricing of drugs and then when it comes to to physicians on the physician front of healthcare when you're looking at overprescription of medic medications and um basically in general you're looking at how to protect the vulnerable population especially when it comes to to clinical trials in pharmaceutical industry and i think that that's kind of like the biggest thing and and avoiding kind of like rampant corruption that occurs um when it comes to lobbying in the pharmaceutical industry as well as um towards physicians in the medical pro- medical profession totally. yeah and i think like my my answer to that question is like even more fundamental and simple than that it's it's really like for me when i think of the ethics issues with regards to like the indian population in general i mean it's hard to ignore the fact that so many people are living in poverty so many people have lack of just basic access to things like water food housing education healthcare like so it's it's hard to ignore the I mean I think that's the very obvious but also very important answer to this question is is just you know is it fair that so many people are living below the poverty line is it fair that so many people are living without access to all these resources when so many are living in abundance and um sort of how how are our responsibilities or what our our responsibilities are those who have who have so much less when you know so much of us are so privileged and having so much more you know and i think you what shivam touched on with the rights corruption is so important as well with regards to like tax taxation and you know black money markets and stuff like that and just thinking about how the more privileged you are the more you can get away with almost is yeah. i think what most any any most educated people in india are quite aware of that and they think that's just a sad reality but it's also an important ethical question to consider when you realize how disproportionately um oppressed so many people in india are exactly yeah so how would you say such issues can be solved would you say like um awareness is the most important um in this issue or are there other ways to solve it in terms of creating a body with bioethics i i think awareness I, is definitely the of of a first step but i mean you know 
a lot of what I get, and this is just more of a personal than really sort of an academic reflection, but like in my own personal experience, there's even if people are aware, there's also this general sense of apathy, you know, of of, of you know just of people not being interested. I mean, for example, in the study we did about prisoner health and human rights, I mean, a lot of people we we sent the paper to and stuff like that. Kind of the impression we got was people are like, so what? You know, they're, they're criminals. So so what, what's the big deal? I mean, and I think that's that just very reflective in general of how the educated middle class, upper class, um, people in power in Indian politics, medicine, economy, whatever it might be. That's just a very a, a lot for not for everyone, of course, but for a lot of people, that's just generally the attitude towards issues like this is one is one of just that stems from apathy, sort of, and that might be from just chronic fatigue at not being able to witness change, or it might just be from not being able to relate to some people like that. And I think yeah. really that's the biggest challenge in my mind, and I something I don't have an answer to really, but it's it's something I, I yeah. feel like it's hard. We we wrote about kind of similarly in in our paper uh, talking about the implementation of CRISPR technology in India. Um, what we kind of said was that like it's not it's not necessarily about the ethical kind of cons- uh, guidelines that you put in, but it's how you enforce those guidelines, right? And and the issue you see is that there can be a lot of awareness about ethics, and I don't think awareness is the issue at all. It's the kind of ability to reinforce those ethical considerations and guidelines and kind of having laws that hold people accountable for any sort of ethical violations um, whether it comes to stuff like the black market of organs or um, illegal use uh, of genetic technology and direct-to-consumer healthcare. there's a lot of different things and i think there's really not much of a deterrent for people to violate those ethical um, ethical guidelines, and I think that's the biggest thing, and that's what differentiates a country like India from a diff- another country, maybe, or, or another kind of developing country from a country that has stronger enforced ethical guidelines. Is how or how how much can you really force people to follow these ethical guidelines, and how much, can, especially with a population so big, um, it's it, it's really tough, and and I think that's definitely a thing that needs to be pushed forward a little more. Yeah. Uh, so according to y'all, are there like better systems of governing like bioethics in other countries? And like, would you like be able to elaborate on these systems? Um, I don't, I don't know if I could say there's like a best kind of practice in in a specific country because bioethics is still relatively a very kind of new interdisciplinary interdisciplinary field. Um, that's growing in a lot of countries. Like even here in Canada, you'll find so many hospitals that don't have ethics committees, right? Because it's it's something that is kind of the last line of of uh, funding that that they'd want to put towards. Because the first line of funding goes towards what you know, right? Not these kind of armchair bioethical considerations that are going on. So I think it's still it's growing a lot more and. There's definitely some countries that you can follow. There's Netherlands, you know, even Canada, but I, I wouldn't say there's any sort of best global practice for this kind of stuff. I think I think it's still growing a lot. And I think one thing that's important to consider is, is you're not going to have an effective strategy at managing all these ethics problems and issues in India by trying to emulate another country's system, you know, yeah. because 
like we were talking about earlier india has its own individual unique challenges that i think are very specific to countries like india itself so what we ha- what i think what what the best way to sort of think about things like that is thinking about things from an india specific stance i don't think adopting other countries sort of um strategies or organizational systems in terms of like ethics discourse would be effective in in india's consideration yeah um also yon recently conducted a study regarding uh, prisoners in india uh, would you like to elaborate on that and um, maybe explain like the main issues surrounding that sure and, I, and just before i think you know what would be helpful for the for your listeners sort of say how we got this project started because i think it it just goes to show yeah. that you know like you can take something from like a class assignment and turn it into like a real research project and paper and if yeah. and we stuck with this for the last 4 5 5 5 years basically so and- basically how it started is we were doing a we were in our health and human rights class during our masters uh we Farhad and I were both in the same masters program for our bioethics um our masters and and we were in our health and human rights class doing sort of like a proposal project kind of finding a health and human rights issue and proposing some sort of research study um and and we kind of came across a lot of these sort of um these prisoner health and human rights violations that were going on in Indian prisons and we were we were pretty much just as a lot of people who are reading this paper now uh were very shocked at the statistics um about the overcrowding a lot of some prisons are almost a thousand percent overcrowded and just rampant with with diseases and 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 health, health violations and and um a lot of stuff going on that would be you know and anywhere anyone would hear about it and think that wow that is that is completely against human rights right um so what we did is we created this proposal and after we graduated we were like let's actually go and do this study and the study was basically trying to find out why there was a lack of advocacy among the indian medical community for these populations considering not only that under indian law that any prisoner or incarcerated incarcerated individual deserves the exact same level of healthcare and fundamental rights as any other human in india so not only by law but they should be getting the proper healthcare and one there's not enough medical personnel in in, in a lot of these prisons most of these prisons um and especially surrounding mental health care and things like that um but on top of that there there's so much so many uh there's so much torture going on and a lot of human rights violations and so we decided to sort of create a survey for indian medical students in order to to kind of gauge their knowledge and their attitudes towards prison health to see are these students really being educated about this sector of the population in terms of their health um and is this maybe a reason why they're not going into prison health and we're we're having this sort of shortage of medical personnel in prisons um and what we found was pretty much what we expected was that um these students really were not aware of a lot of these mental health burdens and and disease burdens that uh these prisoners and incarcerated individuals were facing and on top of that when we looked at a lot of their attitudes towards it for example a lot of these a lot of these students believed that prisoners should undergo things like solitary confinement which is internationally accepted as torture um 
So these kind of things went against the medical code of conduct and, and exactly what a, a graduating physician should be thinking. Um, and sort of our paper is almost sort of a call to, to the medical community in India to, to step up and advocate for these prisoners because they're some of the most vulnerable population. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think it's important to say this is not to, um, this is not to, you know, sort of point fingers and and say, you know, oh look exactly. at these medical students, they don't they don't know anything or they you know think this and think that. I think it's I I think you know in fact one thing that's quite commendable is that I think over like a vast majority of this medical students said in the survey that they did want to know more about prisoner health and. And ethics and human rights violations in in India and and they were so it just it goes to show that this is this is in demand this is something that students want to know more about in interest yeah exactly exactly but I think you know just from an ethical perspective some some things that were particularly worrying about our survey is the endorsement of of things like torture or even you know even whether solitary confinement I mean that maybe perhaps isn't as surprising but. In endorsement of things like you know even harsher torture practices such as waterboarding beating flogging these sort of things a large proportion of students thought this was acceptable and a large even larger proportion wasn't sure if this was ethically acceptable or not and i think that for graduating a medical student is, isn't acceptable I, I don't think that should be acceptable whether it, you're talking about students in india canada usa or whatever i think if you're graduating as a doctor there's a certain level of of basic ethics knowledge you should have and very fundamentally being that you know practices like that are unethical and not conducive to the well-being and health of of vulnerable health populations i think that's that's a particularly important message that was yeah. um worryingly not not well well understood by graduating physicians from from a very prominent medical school in india yeah and i think i think the main purpose of our paper as well is not to is not to again point fingers ostracize the medical community i think it's more we we identify the medical community as as a very powerful group right and i think they have a lot of power to create change in these kind of areas and i think calling upon them to do more is not unreasonable right and and this goes for a lot of different countries like canada and america have some really bad prisons as well and i think it's almost a global thing where where prison populations are are underserved in terms of their health uh but i again i think you know me and farhad we we really like india is close to home for us right so we we it's a, it's a it's an area that we really want to look into and and i think that want to take the right steps towards kind of building that awareness for these kind of things yeah um so according to you what should the medical community do to both raise awareness amongst the students as well as um to solve the issues faced by these prisoners i well so the first part i think is well in our survey we found that almost i think it, i don't correct me if i'm wrong farhad but over 90% uh, received less than 1 hour of education pretty much meaning that they didn't and actually in one of the medical schools we visited um they a dean a dean straight up told us that no none of these students receive any medical education about prison health right so i think that's the first step i think that's the easiest step um is to just increase awareness among these students that can actually go make a change um whether that be you know 
internships at these at these uh, prisons or or rotations at these prisons or even just courses, lectures, seminars, uh, teaching them about what they can do and 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 kind of what's actually going on in these prisons in terms of their their health. Um, and regarding kind of like facing it head on, you know that that's where it becomes an issue, right? Because there's a reason these prisons are facing so much overcrowding and all these issues is because there's a lack of funding, there's a lack of attention from the government towards these kind of issues. Maybe there's more, there's there's apathy like Farhad was talking about. Um, but I think that that comes from sort of more widespread awareness and pushing it to like the higher up forces that can get these kind of things done for these prison populations. Yeah, I totally agree with what Shivam said. I think, you know, coming back to what we started out at the beginning of this thing interview it, it all comes down to sort of apathy and at the end of the day is is do students care enough to you know advocate for change to lobby for change and you know these these medical students um might be medical students today but tomorrow they're going to be the physicians and basically the healthcare workers responsible for all of these prisoners healthcare needs in the future right so i think it really comes down to how can we sort of how can we sort of explain and incentivize and inspire these students to be interested in these issues and i think the, the most the easiest and probably the most successful way would be basic ethics education about you know health and human rights about health violations what not just about what goes on in prisons but why they're wrong why they don't correspond to the norm in terms of legal standards in terms of ethical standards what ethical principles they breach upon um you know things like that really educating from an ethics perspective as to sort of why these human rights violations are violations of our ethics and moral sense um so do you all have any tips for like young students who would like to enter the bioethics field maybe how you all entered as well or like how you all started exploring it. Well, I here one tip that I have is first would be to really learn what bioethics is. It's tough until you actually get if you want to do some formal education. Like I truly did not know what bioethics was until I got into the into our master's program. But what you do learn is that there's so many different kind of areas of bioethics right like you have healthcare you have research you have uh, policy and law and, and 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 structural kind of bioethics as well right so i think there's a lot of different ways to get involved you can find out what interests you and i think bioethics is very applicable to a lot of different fields like even in our masters class we had lawyers we had nurses social workers doctors um students like me and farhad right like i think there's a lot of different ways that bioethics can be applied interdisciplinary and um, i think the most important thing is kind of see how it how can it apply to your interests and the field that you're going for um, and if you want to make bioethics strictly bioethics your career then i think there's a lot of different ways to go about it as well it's just i think about just getting a little informed about what what exactly there is out there i'll i'll say a, a couple of things that i think are 
um, especially important from from like you know from a young university student perspective or even a high school student perspective. I think one one piece of advice that um, our mentor, who's also co-author on this paper, gave us is he said, never waste an opportunity to write something or turn down an opportunity to speak up for something. And I think um, I think this whole experience with the um, with our paper really goes to show how how that that sort of piece of advice can ring ring true. You know, what started off as just a paper we wrote from class, went to something we convinced our professor to work on with us, went to something we wrote up an ethics application for and got approval for, went for something we made a field trip to India and got institutional approval from an Indian medical school to conduct a survey and to, went, for, went to a paper we wrote, went to a paper we sent in for, um, publication which got rejected which sent in again which got rejected which got sent in again and finally revised and revised and ended up into the paper that we now published right so i think it just goes to show that if you take something small and run with it and think with it and you know sort of push that idea further and further you can really uh you you'd be surprised how far it can go at that stage like looking back when we were sitting in class thinking about this project that we were writing we we never would have expected it to have um been as successful as it turned out today mm-hmm. um so what would y'all have anything else to tell my listeners in terms of any like change india or any developing country needs in terms of bioethics or um just about like gaining awareness about bioethics well, I, for anyone who, I guess, who's listening, who's in a healthcare-related field, I think, you know, anyone who works in healthcare um, should have some basic understanding of medical ethics. And and because injustice in health is probably some of the biggest, I, I think there's a Martin Luther King quote that goes something like, of all forms of inequality, injustice in healthcare is the most shocking and inhumane. And I think that really holds true and anyone working in healthcare should have some sort of understanding about the injustices that so many people face with regards to getting um, the healthcare they need to essentially live live a normal life. Yeah, I agree. I think um, something I think we, we also learned, one of our, the director of our program, Mutal, one of our classes would always say that bioethics is a tool rather, right? If you, if you give people the tools of bioethics, and you give them the ability to apply those bioethics to wherever they are, whether it's healthcare, research, and things like that. So when you give students and you give the young population, our generation, these tools of bioethics, you allow them to apply it and sort of use those considerations in their kind of daily workings. And I think that's something that, if you're if we're talking India specific or pretty much anywhere specifically. Um, I think that's something that needs to be pushed among the young population is to to know these sort of principles and to know how to apply them. Um, and when if you're if you're talking a little more broadly, I think you know there's there's a country should have a set of sort of national prior, priorities related to the provision of healthcare and bioethics in order to sort of enhance their ability to conduct whether it's research or or policy implementation and stuff like that. And I think that's that's pretty much the most important thing yeah thank you so much for your time and yeah and sharing thank you thank you appreciate you having us on here thank you very much i hope you enjoyed and i will see you in the next episode